welcome. This is Joseph Audie Presents. I'm so excited to be back on the air. We've been off for a, for a while, and oh, I'm so happy to be back on. I'm talking with my wonderful friend, Sharon Milliman, and Sharon, um, who has a book out called um, A Song in a Wind, and she'll, we'll talk with her just in a second, and my friend, Diana White Eagle, who's a medium and who, um, as well, is Sharon, who will talk uh, the last half hour to anybody who wants to call in for to talk with someone on the other side. So I'd like to talk today about my friend Maria Dancing Heart, who I had the privilege of working with. Uh, Maria has uh, was a published author, and she had uh, written a couple books, and one of his favorite books of mine is The Last Adventure of Life, which a lot of people um, who, who were involved in hospice read, and it really saved them. And so, um, Maria, when my mother passed, which was last year ago, I guess two years, it'll be in August, and um, I called up Maria, and she was on, she was at my house in two days. And uh, I said, Maria, come stay at my mother's house. It's, it's, it's empty, and you can um, stay there, and we'll do some film, and we'll do some radio, and we'll do some workshops, which, which we did. I got her to um, to write on the, the newspaper articles, and we did some phenomenal stuff, and in fact, did a couple of shows, which is, soon I'll play those here in a couple of weeks. I have copies of the shows we did, which are pretty special. But, you know, she wrote, um, I want to read what she wrote. Um, recently, thanks to my work with radio show host Joseph Farley, I have come to know Sharon Milliman, a woman who had had two near-death experiences in her life, and when she was 13 years old and one as an adult, as an adult, I am able to ask her questions, and here are some of the responses. What was the best part of having an NDE? We call them NDEs, near-death experiences. My favorite part of the NDEs were being in the presence of God, seeing his face and feeling him all encompassing and complete love. It was love beyond all human words, setting with him and having conversations, laughing with him, getting the experience, and know that God has a personality, and I know that he never judges us. All he does is love us. And Sharon, we'll talk to you about that in just a second. And so... Um, Having said all this about my friend Maria, I, I, I tragically um, lost. We tragically lost Maria. She was crossing uh, on a crosswalk uh, last year at this time, and was killed, run over by a truck. And um, so it was a tremendous loss. But we know that she's in heaven now. And I just briefly want to read you a note that she sent us. And. Um, which we're going to put this in one of our cards um, that Sharon come up with, and it says, a message from Maria Dancing Heart. I am happy, I am free. I am singing with the angels now, no longer confined by constraints of time. Love is all there is. And I send you all my love to each of you. Thank you for sharing life and love with me. May peace prevail on earth. Love, Maria. 
pretty pretty special. Um, so Diane, um, I, you and both you and um, Sharon were friends, and we all did shows together. So let's have let's have you guys uh, talk about Maria just for a minute. Yes, I did a uh, program with her, and she was just the most loving, remarkable person. Um, and I know Sharon did, too. And Sharon, is there something you want to talk about with her? Or with... I did I did shows with her, too, and she was very loving. And I actually still, on my phone, have um, a voicemail message from her that just before she... A few days before she died, I still have her voicemail message. <laughs> and you guys, both you both have seen her in heaven now, and she's doing pretty well, I understand. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I believe she came to Sharon. Yes, she did. Yes, she did, actually. And she You know, I, I want to I say this. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I want to say this because... We, uh, those of you who are, who just tuned in, we've been talking about this. I'm at this 17 years now, but we we know for a fact that when you we we leave here and we go to heaven, we go back to being our, the best we ever were. So my mother now is 34, 35, and looks like she was. I mean, she is beautiful. She was beautiful when she was 100, but she's extra beautiful now. She's got freckles and red hair, and, and you know, and she's just uh, amazing. And she's come to me a couple of times, so I know that. But it's funny because Maria, who would could do anything she wanted to do, she was very spiritual, very, very um, in, in one with the, the Father. And so um, she chose to have her hair still gray. And uh, and one of you, I forget which one it was, now seen her barefoot picking flowers, picking an armful of daisies, which is her favorite flower, by the way. And uh, and I thought my mother was there with her also, so <laughs> that's pretty exciting. Mhm. Yeah. I can't remember which one of us saw her because I have seen her, but I don't. Know I, in which fact, one you both did because you both told me yeah. identical. <laughs> yes, she had a. An off-white, um, gauzy uh, white dress. Yes, 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 yes. She was in a field. Yeah, and she was bare feet. Yes, I love it. Yes, she was. So, Sharon, let's just talk about you just for a second. You had the near-death experiences, and why don't you tell your story a little bit to the people? Well, I've actually had three. My my latest one was in November, this past November. Um, Okay. So. I'm not sure which one you want me to tell Well, <laughs> I want to talk about the one you have the book out for now, and then we'll go back to that one later, because the book is what we're going to do a film. We're going to do a film and a live performance in Olympia, Washington, in November. Sharon's going to come and be with us, and she's going to be on stage reading this story, and we're going to have a full choir, and um, I have a lieutenant who's a, who's and his wife, who's also a lieutenant, who are going to sing and play and accompany um, Sharon Milliman with this wonderful show, this production of A Near-Death Experience. So talk about that book, if you would, Sharon. Okay. It's called A Song in the Wind, A Near-Death Experience. And the story 
um, it's what happened was I was sitting outside on the stairs talking on a cordless phone, and I was struck by lightning, and um, I died, and I went to heaven, and um, so the story is all about that and how um, when I went to heaven, I um, met my two brothers who had died as babies, and um, they were full-grown men, and they looked like young versions of my dad. And um, I met Jesus, and he walked me to a wooded glen, and I sat and had conversation with God. And um, it it was all about how beautiful heaven is and beautiful God. Yes, I remember you were saying that everything in heaven has a sound. Yes, the rocks have a sound. The trees have a sound, the leaves have a sound, the grass has a sound, and the colors are so magnificent. There's not even words to describe the colors. It's so rich and vibrant. Um, The pinks are pinker and the reds are redder, and even the colors each have a sound. And when you put all of those individual sounds together, it's like a magnificent orchestra and and and. The animals are singing, and the and and it's like a choir, and and everything is singing praises to God. And <laughs> I love it. Absolutely, the most magnificent orchestra and choir that you've ever heard in your life. I remember I I jokingly said to you, I hope there's food in heaven because my mother's my mother loved to eat, and she's a little tiny thing, and she ate as much as I did, and then she'd have dessert, and so Sharon. <laughs> says to me, you tell Sharon that you went into this beautiful white marble with pillars place. Yeah, there, while I was there, um, I saw a lot of the, um, the buildings um, that are on the outskirts of the, the glorious city of heaven. And one of the buildings, there was some kind of a party going on um, and there was it was absolutely magnificently decorated and and in 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 the building um, there was a table that was just absolutely um, it had beautiful white linen tablecloth and these silver trays that were just heavily laden with meats and cheeses and fruits and and um and, and feast. flowers of every color you could possibly imagine and candelabras and and it was absolutely magnificent it was just like <laughs> i've never and, seen and anything you, so magnificent and you were saying that someone was playing the piano and there yes. was a beautiful bouquet of roses on the piano spilling over the vase. Yes, there was a crystal vase with uh, just tons of these beautiful roses just spilling out of the vase and candelabra on the piano over in the corner. Mm-hmm. And there were these magnificent ornate paintings on the walls. And the the floor, the marble floor was just like a glass-like shine, and there was this beautiful pink um, oriental rug on the floor, and a 
crystal chandelier on the ceiling, and there were people, um, went, the women were dressed in these gorgeous gowns with jewels that matched, and men were dressed in suits or tuxes, and there was a, um, there was a, it uh, looks like a butler carrying a silver tray with champagne glasses. I'm and telling you, I'm there. <laughs> people were. Some of the people were dancing to the music, and some of the people were just uh, talking I mean, and laughing. And I mean, it was it just sounds... such a festive occasion. And I've never seen anything like it. It was so so magnificent. And you know, I I just recently I don't know why, but I just recently saw heaven is real. And one of the things I want to share with you, I've had an, um, in the last couple, three weeks, at my store where I worked at, I had three people, or at least two people, um, who came in who lost children, who lost babies. And, of course, I just, uh, my heart just breaks for them. But I'm reminded, Sharon, about your experience and you being in heaven and you sitting down. I thought you sat down for a life review, and on both sides of you, you thought they were angels. Yes. And come to find out, they said, Sharon, well, you're brothers. Right. (laughs) And how old were they when they passed away? They were babies when they passed away. Wow. Yes, and if you remember, those of you who've seen, and if you haven't seen Heaven is Real, I encourage you to see it because it's pretty spectacular. But the little boy who, um, I don't know, maybe he's four, maybe five, says to his mother as she's drying a dish, I play with my sister, and she dropped the plate, and she goes, what? Yeah, I played with my sister, and, her, and the mother said, well, what was her name? And she said, you guys didn't name her, because she has, she wasn't, I guess she wasn't born. It was still born. I forgot exactly the story now, but she was lost there. And, and of course, you do grow up in heaven. I've heard this several times from people, and... Um, it's pretty, pretty. you know, I, I want to just tell you that Dr. Morris, when I first had him on a radio show, one of the first things he said was that um, he was on duty one night and um, a woman, somebody had pushed in, a girl in the water. She was under the water 19 minutes. And he was called in to resuscitate her, which he... His process, his process is he tapes the eyes closed and he puts a, a tube down the throat, to the nose to the throat to resuscitate him. And he worked on her for about two hours and he did bring her back. And that time that that happened, she went to heaven. So the next couple of days when he is up walking in the hall and checking on his patients, here she is walking with her parents and she said to her parents, there's a guy that put a tube up my nose. And he looked at her, he went, how could she know that? I had her eyes taped, and, and she said, I, I, what were you trying to do to me anyway? I was pretty mad at you. And he says, well, I was trying to save your life. Well, I was standing next to my body trying to figure out how to get back in there. And I saw you put your head in your hands, and I heard you say, I'm not sure I can save her. Well, how do you think I felt about that, she said. So um, then it's... Elizabeth, not the Virgin Mary, not an angel, but Elizabeth came and said, I'll, I'll help you, and took her hand and took her through the tunnel. And she got to heaven, and 
she sat on Jesus' lap and she saw her grandmother, who she gave her a big hug and kiss, and then her dog jumped in her lap and kissed her all over, and she was so excited to see her dog and her grandmother. And then she was taken up to a place where Elizabeth opened up her porthole and she showed her mother with the baby. And she said, you, you, I want you, uh, do you want to go home? And she said, no, I want to stay here. And she says, well, I want to show you something. Your mother's going to have a baby. It's going to need your help. It's going to have a heart problem. And we need to have you go home and take care of it. That time she wakes up and she's back. And so, uh, and so, of course, we had a, a, a commercial, but we didn't wait till the doctor came back on it. We said, doctor, did she have the baby? And doctor says, yes. Was it a baby boy? The doctor said, yes. And did it have a heart problem? The doctor says, yes. And it was two years later, two years to the day after she had a near-death experience. So, and then doctor, doctor had her back on as she was 21 and repeated the same story. So it's, it's pretty exciting to me. And, you know, um, years back when I started this show, in fact, I did a film about this called Heaven uh, Home and Back, where I interviewed 50, 60 people, and I found, I thought 10 were credible, and I filmed them about their near-death experience. If you ever want to look at it, you can look at it. It's actually on the air. But Sharon, I want to talk to you about your your book that you wrote, and how can people get a hold of it? Do you have a can they can they get it from you, or do you want can they go to Amazon? Or how, tell me how we can get your book. Um, you can get it on Amazon.com if you look under Sharon Milliman. Okay. Um, and um, and you know the price is, the price of it. Um. It's priced at thirteen ninety five, okay. but on Amazon you can get it cheaper than that. Okay, okay, and um, and I'm sure you're willing to sign it if someone sends it to you and have you autograph it. Oh, we're going to have some. Them. We're going to have some books when you come and do the live show. Both Barnes and Nobles, we're going to do a book signing for you there, as well as on stage or before this production or after production. Probably we'll do a book signing. And, um, and we're going to have that happen. So also, I want to say that we got this idea about because Sharon writes beautiful, and, and Diana both write beautiful poems. And, um, and I wanted to share that poem, or I have Sharon read the poem that she wrote um, in this wonderful card. Um, I copied the book. It looks just like it looks just the card looks just like the book, which is um, beautiful. Sharon came up with the cover, a song in the wind, and a near death experience, and that's the card. And then inside, Sharon, do you want to read what you what you wrote? Okay, the poem is called "I Believe." It says I believe that when you can take your grief and teach it to smile, you have been given strength. When you have overcome your own fear and help others to do the same, you are now brave. When you see a flower and give it your blessing, you have experienced happiness. When your own pain does not blind you to the pain of others, it is then that you will truly know love and compassion in your own heart. When you know the limits of your own wisdom, you are truly wise. 
and you know you are alive, what tomorrow's hope means more to you than yesterday's mistake. Freedom is when you are in control of yourself and do not wish to control others. It is honorable when you find your honor is to honor others. Humbleness is when you don't know how humble you are, and you are thoughtful when you see me and treat me just as you are. You are generous when you can take as sweetly as you give, and you know you are beautiful when you don't need a mirror to tell you. Beautifully done, Sharon. And what you what you guys don't know about this is that I have I've run off a hundred of these and I have them in a store, um, the DuPont General Store up in DuPont. My wonderful friend um, Sandy has allowed me to bring these in and and I. I give them out when someone comes in. We, we, we don't have them for sale yet because we have a rack that's going to be a, coming to put all this stuff on. We'll have some books of Sharon's, and we'll have this beautiful card and Maria's Dancing Hearts card, and also I'm going to get some... Diana's going to do some cards for us. But these these are special cards because, you know, we want to celebrate the life um, I remember when my, I've lost three people in the last short time, and I remember that we go through this, and then we we sort of take a break, and then we read all the cards, and by the time we read all the cards, this is all this back again. Uh, I want to have a card that says more than just, I'm, I'm really sorry. I mean, so what do you say when you lose someone? So that was my whole idea in doing this, and I think this has been... I mean, I've had people read this card and say, Sharon, that's p- perfect. That's exactly what I want. And those of us who have lost our animals just know they're waiting for us there. Our animals and as well as, you know, everybody is there. Um, many people call it a, um, a, a greeting compound when you get there, people waiting for you. And with all your relatives and stuff, and they're so happy to see you. Did you see that, Sharon, when you went there? I mean, I never asked you that. Did you yes. have people meet you or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, well, my two brothers were there, and they greeted me um, when I got there. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and what was interesting was that they had died as babies, but they were full-grown, so... Babies do grow up, and they're. Oh, I do know that. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm excited about. (laughs) Babies do grow up, and they are. There is a special place where babies go, and they are tended to by angels and loved ones, and there's teachers and mentors, and um, they they are cared for. Um, But in my my other. recent near-death experience, um, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that were pouring out of the garden and going into the city. It was amazing. And it was just unbelievable, the amount of people. You know who said that? It's so funny. You're absolutely right about that. It was Jeffrey Martz, who's a medium, who wrote, afterlife interviews and he said it's like a subway you, you get a, you get a subway and you go all these different places yes that's exactly <laughs> what he said he went you can't believe it joseph it's like new york 
downtown. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. Very beautiful. Wow, how exciting, guys. You know, I I just, you know, a loss is just, it's a terrible thing, and it's never easy. But what my goal and my mission is to let people know that there is no death. You don't die. You do go on. And I, and I did this way before my mother passed away, and I remember this. I mean, it saved me. Because as as I told both, I think I told you, Sharon, and and I'm here. I lost Maria. It's just in the middle of. I mean, she was just had written me an email saying, "I'm so happy, I'm so happy, I'm here, I'm so happy that you called me. We're doing great stuff. I found the love of my life, and and I'm so happy. And here this happens to her, but believe me, she's just fine." But um, so I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm driving up to, and you remember this, Diana, because you called me. I'm driving mm-hmm. up to um, to do my radio show the week after, because I'm going to do Maria's funeral. I decided to do her funeral. She had a funeral in Olympia, a funeral, a, rather, a funeral in Shelton at the senior center, which I did. She had a funeral in Seattle, a funeral in Japan, a funeral in Colorado, and a funeral in Arizona. I mean, that's how well-known she was. And she was a, a, a book writer, a wonderful published author, The Last Adventure Life, and to the end, Are You Ready? I forget the name of the other book about um, The Most Important Day of Your Life, Are You Ready? Those two books are just absolutely phenomenal. And anyway, so um, I'm driving up to, I'm crying, I'm feeling sorry for myself, and I get up to the station, and I'm, I always get there early. That was when I was doing uh, a different radio show up in Tacoma. And uh, I, I go on the air, I think, at 2. And so I got there at 1, and just as I walked in the door, I'm not, I'm not even in the door yet, and the phone rings, and it's, it goes for you. And who is who calls me but Diana? What you say to me, Dad? Do you remember what you said to me? No, it could be anything because I know one time your mother called me she, and I said, "She said you your said, mother's on the phone." <laughs> you said to me, <laughs> "But it was you know a connection to heaven." No, I'm you, sorry, I don't know, I don't remember you exactly. You said to me, "Your mother's on the your mother just got a hold oh, yeah. of me," and she <laughs> said you to knock it off. She said she rode up in a car with you. You were crying. And that she's with you, and she's got purple on, purple earrings, purple outfit. And anybody knew my mother, was she was a fashion plate. I mean, I had to drag her out. I mean, she was 100, and I had to drag her out of the room. Mom, let's go. It's late. How's my makeup? How do you like my earrings? Fine. Let's go, Mom. So so anybody who knows my mother knew that, that was, she'd be dressed like a, a model. And um, and so it really it made my it made my day and I and I felt better when I heard that certainly. Oh, that was so funny because I mean she kept bugging me and she kept bugging me. She says, "You call him, you call him," <laughs> and I thought, "Okay, Joseph, your mother's on the line." <laughs> <laughs> and I just got there. I, I mean, I I because I, you were gonna be on on the show at two thirty, so I yes. wondered what you would call me at one o'clock for. But then, uh, because but you your just, mother was you bugging just, me. You just made my day. Tell him. You tell him to knock it off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I need to hear that so desperately. 
But I, I, I want to quickly say, you know, it's, it's already, it's already 4:30. I think we have. I just want to quickly say this about my mother. Um, when, when I, I had gotten a beautiful house from my mother, who, who was able to stay with me, so she could. Um, I was going to rent a space for a shop, but then there was a bathroom. It was about a mile away, and she would have had to walk to the bathroom. And so I, I ran this house, and I fixed it up like a show place, and I did my wedding stuff there, and she was able to have lunch. And she every day she'd say, look around, she'd say, I love this place. I'm so proud of you. And and she loved being there. So I, I saw a guy cutting the grass across the street, so I simply said, hey, would you come over and cut my grass for me? And, he, of course, he did. He, he'd come over and cut the grass. I paid him. And then I gave him my old lawnmower because it wasn't working. He said he would take it. And when he came, called his wife to pick up the lawnmower in himself, he, in comes this little tiny four-year-old girl who had dimples and blonde hair and blue eyes. And she saw my mother, and you would have thought they were they know each other all their lives. She called her Grandma Angie, and she want, she drove her mother crazy every day. I want to go see Grandma Angie. I want to go see Grandma Angie. So she brought her over. They colored. They did stuff. They had fun together. And she gave my mother a picture. And my mother said, look how cute she is. I can just eat her up alive. And so um, so she'd see her almost every day. And, and so then it so happens that when my mother... Well, they came to visit. My mother was ill, and then she ha- so happens that she died that day. They were there, and the the mother's mother says to the little girl, "Oh, she went to heaven." So nothing was said, and and she had a peaceful uh, transition. And I said, "Mom, just go to the light." I know, and she said her her, her brother was there, my uncle um, that she raised. And so, um, you know, we, we we certainly were okay with that. And so, about a week later, I had some toys that um, were given to my mother, some stuffed animals, and I thought I'd drop them off to the little girl's house. So I went there, and the mother said to me, "I walked in my daughter's bedroom, and she was having the most adult conversation with your mother I ever heard her talk to about to anybody." Grandma Angie, do you want some tea? How do you like your tea? And she talked to her like, like she, like, well, she was there. I'm convinced she was there. So then I gave her this, you know, I was still, it was still raw, and I still, I, I was emotional. I just said to myself, that would be her. She would go and see anybody. It'd be her. So then, oh, a month or so lapsed, and I went back and brought some more stuff to her. And she said to me, my daughter said, Mom, can we talk? And she said, yeah, what, honey? She said, Grandma Angie used to come to me every every day. And now she comes at night, and she said that Jesus said she can come anytime she wants to see me. And she reads prayers, reads my prayers, and she tells me bedtime stories. Wow. So, of course, she would do that because she loved that little girl. They had such a connection. And and we go in the mall or we go someplace and my mother with me. She'd say, Look at that little kid, little kid. My mother's mother died when she was twelve. My grandmother mm-hmm. and she had typhoid fever and my mother had five four boys she raised. And then my grandmother 
grandfather went to Italy and married somebody two years younger or older than my mother and had five more kids. That's why I'm an only child, she tells me all the time. She said, I raised all those kids, so I'm only having one. And so, and I was so spoiled. So, um, anyway, so that's exactly what happened with that whole story. So she loved children, and and even, even you know, before she left, uh, there was people who often come to see her, her little kids, and she just made a big fuss over them. So, um, anything else you guys want to say before we go on to the readings? Yeah, I'm going to give the phone number out so that people can call in. Great, great. If anyone would like to call in for a reading from me, or and I do believe Sharon might be doing it also, uh, the number is 888-429-5471. And I'll say it again, 888-429-5471. Call in and get a free reading. You know, if there's someone you want to talk to, we'll be happy to connect you. That sounds great. Then um, Doug will patch somebody in. So, Sharon, um, you said you had this, the last um, near-death experience. So tell me about that one. Well, that happened in November of, of this past year, and um, I was... Um, I was really sick. I had a um, uh, emergency operation, and um, while they were doing the surgery, I um, came out of my uh, my soul left my body and floated above the operating table. I could wow. see the doctors and nurses working over me, and that lasted for it seemed like only a matter of a minute or two, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, I was surrounded by this beautiful rainbow-colored light, and um, then I began to move real suddenly or real rapidly through that light. And then I found myself standing in heaven again, wow. and I recognized heaven because it was exactly where I was before. <laughs> Only this time, I was standing next to the golden wall that surrounded the city, and um, what I noticed about that was that the wall was extremely high and very solid. It was made of pure gold. And I kept touching the wall, and I kept thinking, now how am I going to get over that wall? That's really high. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I don't have springs on my feet, and I'm not going to be able to jump this wall. Um, so how am I going to get through that wall? And um, then I noticed that uh, well, the love was so huge and so big, like it was before. And everything looked exactly the same. And I could see the garden where I was before, but it was far further away. Mm-hmm. And there was this, um, um, I was only feet, only feet from the entrance of the city. And I could hear what sounded like a celebration or a party going on just beyond the city wall. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the air was real pure and real clean and real crisp and sweet. And it was filled with the fragrance of wildflowers that that were, um, and and the the um, it, it was just exactly the same as it was before. It was just absolutely breathtaking. Breathtaking, yeah. Um, now there, okay. So the garden was. 
further away, and there was this beautiful um, field of wildflowers um, and um, like a meadow between the garden and the city where I was standing. And there were hundreds of people, hundreds of people coming out of the garden. And um, there was this little beagle puppy that was standing at my feet. Mm-hmm. And he was just wiggling all over the place mm-hmm. trying to get me to play with him. Mm-hmm. And I kept leaning down and I was petting his tummy and playing with him. And every time I stood up to, to uh, greet the people, he would um, bark and 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 jumped me. Yeah, he uh, wanted uh, my attention. And so, anyway, I noticed that um, there were angels walking with these people, and um, the angels were taller, and they were illuminated, and they were dressed in these light blue and white colored robes. And um, that's how I could tell that they were different than the people. But, um, and I could hear the conversations. Um, the people were, um, they were, Come from all walks of life. There were men, women, children uh, from all different races and all ages. And they were passing by me, and they were going into the city. But there two particular men came into my view. Um, the younger of the two I recognized immediately from pictures that I had seen. Um, and the pictures belonged to his mother, who, and he had passed away a long time ago. Um, and his mother was a friend of mine. And um, the younger man was accompanied by an older gentleman who I recognized was his father. And as they passed by me, I smiled and I said, I know you. And they continued to walk into the entrance of the city. And um, I don't know how long this procession took place, but um, it was like... um, then I, I knew that this, um, I, I got this divine knowledge that it wasn't my time and it, that I needed so to go back. Stay there, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. I needed to, to, to go back and tell this man's wife that this, um, that he and that, that this, the son and the father were together and that he was okay. Oh. But, uh, when I got back into my body, I, I woke up, and I was hooked to a bunch of machines, and the nurse was standing next to me. And it was later on, um, it was either, it, it was later in the day um, that I was well enough that I was able to um, get on my computer. Well, it wasn't my computer, it was my phone because I was in the hospital, but I got on my phone and I had gotten a message from a friend of mine that let me know that my friend's um, husband had passed away that day. Oh. I had no knowledge whatsoever that this, this man had passed away, but I had seen him. Well, he had passed away while I was in surgery. Wow. So, and and the, so the other thing um, is about the puppy. I didn't know anything about the puppy until I had told my daughter about the experience that I had, and then she began telling me that um, she 
she had had to call the police on a neighbor who had lived down the street from her because this neighbor had uh, was seen beating to death a beagle puppy. And oh I was absolutely gosh. stunned about that because mm. I had no idea where the puppy, where this beagle puppy came from. And oh, when she when she told me <laughs> that that uh, you know that they had the called beagle the beagle puppy knew you didn't. It? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. So th- those were yeah. the. I did was, ask Diana about my mother and our dogs, and we do have two of our dogs up there that passed away. And my mother, they're with my mother, which is phenomenal. So know. if there's, yeah, so it, our puppies, our animals do go to heaven. So, oh, I do know so that, yes. Anybody out there, please know your animals do go to heaven. <laughs> that little puppy, that little puppy was so I would be happy to hear happy. that. She has, she has a menagerie at her house. Yes. <laughs> so even <laughs> turtles. And even turtles. <laughs> yes. Well, there were tons of birds in heaven. Oh my goodness. Well, how exciting! Well, yes. this this really it makes me so happy. Since we, we since we just go, I mean, this is our first day back on the air for a very long time. So I wasn't able to talk to a lot of people about listening. But I promise you, if we do this every other week now, so it won't be next week, um, you know, and I don't know if we'll do it Mother's Day because I'll probably be working on Mother's Day, but we'll skip Mother's Day. Um, but we certainly will um, catch up and talk about mothers and talk about different things. And I urge people to send emails either to Sharon or to Diana or to call in and talk with someone because... Heaven is real. It really, really is. So, Diana, I haven't heard very much about what you're doing, so tell us. Well, this is kind of interesting. I was at church today, and a woman stood up and gave testimony about her near-death experience. Wow. It falls right into place with what Sharon says. The only thing that was she added was that the angels that she saw I mean, she saw everything Sharon saw, but the angel she saw had these wings that when they, she, when they fluttered their wings, it sounded like wind chimes, she said. And she also said that the stairway to this one temple that she was going to, or cathedral, had um, gemstones. It was like amethyst and all these beautiful ruby, all these beautiful slab steps oh, yeah. were were uh, gemstones, and she said it was the most magnificent place she had ever seen. And I had not heard that one, but I had heard many things. I had myself seen the one with the white ivory, or cream-colored ivory slab steps going into a, a huge building. And But she was describing her experience, and this was a Baptist church, so everybody's sitting there with their mouths open. I know. But it was like, I know. they need to know this. They need to know there's a place where you go. A tree fell on her car during a storm, and she was killed instantly. And she awoken, uh, well, she woke up on the um, in the morgue. And she sat oh. up and she said, you know, I'm not supposed to be in here. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. 
But um, that was her. I mean, she actually gave the testimony today, and I thought, oh, this is very interesting. We can use it on the program. You know, and, I, just, uh, I, I just saw, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just saw a movie that Daniel, Daniel Brinkley, um, I just watched it five minutes ago, and he, he actually was struck by lightning, just like Sharon, and they, he died, and he tried to bring him back, and they put a sheet over him, and they take him down to the morgue, and he's in the elevator, and he's blowing the sheet up. And, and someone cut, so, so, yeah, with his mouth, and, and he, he saw he, they saw him do that. Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened to him, but but he um, he came back, and of course he went to the hospital, and nothing was the same. Um, I had no idea what kind of a man he was before he had a near-death experience. And it's a movie, and Eric Roberts, Julia Roberts' brother, plays him in this movie. And it's on my Facebook, guys. If you want to look at it, it's extraordinary movie where where he was pretty mean guy and he didn't care about anybody but himself. And and uh, after his near death experience, he he says that love is all there is, and he he really tried to be nice to people who people weren't having it because he was such a mean guy before they didn't know how to handle it. And so it's it's a great story. And I, I, the next thing I want to go see is the sh- uh, Shack, I think it's called. Oh, yes, I guess that's a yeah. wonderful yeah, movie. Wonderful. Yes. Did you I'd see like it? Make mine, I'd like to make mine uh, make, make my, uh, a movie. Anybody out there? <laughs> so after we do your show a couple of times, there'll be people, there'll be takers. And we're going to film it. You know, I have a Hollywood producer going to film it for you, the, at least the, the Broadway, the, you know, the live show. So, yeah, we're going to do that, Sharon, because you have a great story. And, um, gosh. So, any more well, questions? We have um, a few more minutes. It's 448. Well, I just want to add that you're either love-based or fear-based. And fear-based is not where you want to be uh, here on Earth. You want to be love-based. So, if you're finding yourself fear-based where you're manipulating people and controlling people and fearful and unhappy, just know that that's not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be loved. You know, I also, I don't know if this is true, and, and I never did talk to you guys about this, but I believe you get what you what you think you, 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 you have coming. Meaning, if you don't believe in, you don't believe that there's no heaven, you don't believe that there's going to be this all this stuff. I think you get that just at least for a while, just to. Well, know. I've talked to some people who have wanted to speak to their uh, father, and he did not believe that there was a heaven or an afterlife, and he was very adamant. And if his children said anything about it, he would punish them, and he, they wanted to talk to him, and he said, "I'm so sorry. I am." So sorry, I was so awful. He said, because that's not how it is. He says, this has been such a ride. I had no idea that this was going to be my big, it wasn't the end, it was just the beginning of where I left off the last time. And uh, he said, this is home and down here on earth isn't. And I'm just so, he was so apologetic and so sorry that he had been so mean to them about the fact that there was no afterlife. 
you know what we all have to realize all of us is that this we are all spiritual beings having a human experience I mean, we are yeah. all spiritual beings having a human experience, and the sooner we realize that, the better off we are, because, and sure, all of us, I mean, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I fall short. I certainly did the very best I can, but I fall short in having, you know, different things happen, but I do the best I can, but I know that in the life review, when we're asked, you know, when we're sat down, and we, I know Sharon's had a, had one or two. Um, I know you're asked what you have done for others. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, one of the things that I, I, I know that happens is that you have a life review, your life flashes in front of you, and you get to feel all the things you taught other people to feel. You know, if you, like I, I, I often say, the murderers would get theirs because they get to feel how it felt from the person who was murdered. You get mm-hmm. to feel that. Yes, yes And not just it you know, over and over and over until you really understand what it felt like to, to have that feeling. And the other thing is what you have done for others and and lastly, love is all there is, and and. Um, but the thing is, God doesn't judge you. He I know that. Himself. No, that's true. Um, he loves us more than we could possibly possibly know, and that's what people really need to know. Yes. Yes. And then, lastly, which is the most important, is forgiveness, starting with yourself. Exactly. You know, we talked about, we we talked about, I've had a guy on my show who talked about relationships and counseling for married couples and stuff, and I'd always say to him, so how, how do you, how do you, how do you love someone? And he says, you can't love anyone until you love yourself first. Right. And so There's many people, so many people inside. don't love themselves. They don't know how to love themselves, and and that's one thing that we have to practice, loving ourselves, and only then do we love others. And that goes with forgiveness. If we don't forgive ourselves, how can we forgive others? I mean, you know, all of us, all of us, there's a lot of great people out there, more people than not, who are great, and, and so many times they do stuff and they feel so guilty. You know, it's like people, caregivers are the worst ones because they feel like they they can't fix it. They just they just do what they can, but they can't fix it. And they have to know that everything they do is loved and appreciated. Mm. I mean, we're, we're all here for a reason. We're all, I say this all the time, we're our brother's keepers. Mm. We're here to help other people. You know, um, I mean, I, I just, I try every day to have ra- random acts of kindness, and I and I, I just, that gives me great joy to do that. And so, um, I mean, like these cards that you did, Sharon, I mean, 
I just think they're the most beautiful thing because people read them and they go, that's what I want. I want one like that. I want I want to get this message across. And, and that's my goal is to have something that people can look at and go, that's perfect. So they're not sad again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, can I finish with um, a poem? Oh, of course. Yes, yes, you yes. Okay. I think we have just enough time. Okay, I awaken just before dawn. The sky is dark and soft as velvet. Stars sparkle like diamonds. I reach for you, remembering. Quiet, ever so quiet, I watch. The first rays of sunshine peek over the mountaintop. Pink, pale yellow, and violet. Dawn's fragile moments, spectacular array. Restless stirrings whisper in my ear of another morning, so similar yet so different now. You're not here. Wow. That's it. Wow. So, you know... That's a loss. It's beautiful. And, and And you do it so well, too, doesn't she, Sharon? Yes, that's beautiful. I mean, you 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 have a beautiful reading voice. Well, thank you. Of course, thank you've done you, it for a while, haven't you? Oh, <laughs> I've been speaking for quite a while. Yes, <laughs> I've been on this earth for a long time. Well, thank what I mean is, it's you do you do lots of meetings and seminars and stuff. Oh, I do. I and, do. And I, and anybody who's interested, she does beautiful portraits or beautiful. Artist stuff as she draws. And oh yes, that spiritual essence portraits yes. of your spiritual yeah. essence. Yeah, in um, fact, you give them your Facebook. Um, your oh, um, I give you my phone number. Yeah. If anybody wants to reach me, it's three zero five three zero four two four six seven. It's, uh, I heard something funny today. Uh, actually, it was in a song. It was I want to go to heaven. But I don't want to go today. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go today. Let me, well, you let guys, me I can't tell you how much I appreciate having you on the show. We Thank only have a few more minutes. Us. I mean, it's, you know, this, this warms my it warms my heart because I want people to know that this is just the beginning, that we, that we are... Again, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. And if we just stop for a second and realize that, that we are our brother's keepers. Jesus wasn't joking when he said love you.